edit this part out. <laughs> part five. I like the um, point little one. drum beat I've got going. Yeah, I do like that. Stars. Yeah, so welcome to episode five. Um, is it episode five? I think so. Yeah, it must be, yeah. I hope so. So this, this, this week, we've got a, a special uh, deal for you. There's actually two episodes that have been released at the same time. <gasps> um, because this week, we're doing a get to know your hosts. So... We're going to have one episode, which is um, an interview with with Silas, and one which is an interview with me, and you'll get to know a little bit about us. Uh, but we thought we split it across two so that you can spend time listening to one and then take some time and listen to the other, or you can listen to it straight away. Boom. Gives you the choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to... We just thought, yeah, I thought it'd be good. Yeah. I thought it'd be good just to tell everybody a little bit about us and sure so they can get to know us a bit more and i'm just gonna pull up my notes because i always lose them i say notes they're sort of like a rough sketch oh because we talked about this earlier what sort of things we wanted to cover didn't we yeah um because we want you guys to know who we are because uh we're aware that we're bringing lots of opinions and lots of reflections and a lot of those things are actually informed by by who we are and what we've been through and our lives, where we grew up, uh, our families, yeah. um, our experience. And so we wanted to we wanted to let you in on that so that you can understand a bit more about where we're coming from. Which is terrifying, but let's just do it. <laughs> and also, at the beginning of the series, we were just jumping in and just, just do it. We didn't really have a plan and... Yeah, we felt we could do a bigger introduction. If we had our time again, a bigger yeah, introduction of who we are. Five so episodes in, we thought... Now's the time. Yeah, and it's and we've got... So we've at this point, we've got planned the next five episodes, um, as in we've got an idea of what we want to do. But but as feedback comes in, so that comes in, we'll we'll develop it a little bit yeah. and we'll look to plan further ahead. But it's a fluid just, process, Yeah, folks. exactly. So we just thought now is a good chance for you to get a bit more of an understanding. Like it won't be... Um, in a in a super amount of detail, but more just to give you an idea of who we are. Um, I mean, we're pretty open to, you know, we're making a podcast. We've got to be a bit a bit open to voice our views, um, and an important part of that is also you knowing who we are. So, yeah. um, Silas, cool. Tell me a little bit. I see you interview me. Cool. Tell me a little bit about, about yourself. It's smooth, guys. We'll just, so, okay, so we'll start, I'll start in, in a nice, a nice simple way. Oh, no, no, it's um, all right. Just, you can me in the deep end if you want. It's yeah, fine. just tell, tell... I don't swim, but tell, it's all good. Uh, tell that's the, actually true. <laughs> there we go. So we've Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> tell our listeners um, a little bit about you to start. Just, just a very, if you had to summarize yourself in as brief a sentence as possible so then we can unpack that right i'm silas i'm 26 uh i'm based in winchester uh which is in hampshire which is southwest of london for international leaders listeners leaders you are leaders as you would have heard in the prior podcast go cop that um yeah um Things that influence me massively is obviously my faith, faith in the Lord. Um, absolutely love family time and where I can. I don't do as good a job as I could, but actually spending quality family time is important to me. So I value highly um, and also quality time with friends 
um, love sports, and believe God is good all the time. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty brief. Amazing, Sean. good place to start. So, boom. So that's my bio in in the Twitter <laughs> and all that. So I just copied that. <laughs> okay, so you're currently based in Winchester, Hampshire, but where are you originally from? Okay, so I moved to Winchester from Northamptonshire in from a town called Wellingborough. Bring up everybody from Wellingborough. Um, as I mentioned in the podcast earlier. Um, so go cop that um, Before that uh, I was born in London Originally So southwest London um, Spent some time Down in the land of Delboy Peckham End in it <laughs> And then um, My parents are They're not together um, I don't think Yeah I think they separated before I was born actually Or just uh, That's a bit fuzzy on the details But anyway Once I was a Toddler Mum wanted to move back up to um, Northamptonshire because that's where she wanted to be close to her side of the family. And boom, that's where it was. And so for the majority of my life, I've grown up in Northamptonshire. So yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your family then. So what do you have a big family, a small family, brothers, sisters? Yeah, it's it's relatively big. Um, I'm particularly... So... So from my family, my mum and my dad had me from that relationship, um, but my dad had a, a prior relationship. And so from that, I've got a elder sister and brother too. Um, they've got kids, so I'm an uncle too. Um, yeah, Uncle Sai. Uncle Sai, Uncle, uncle Sci-Fi. Uncle Bro Sci-Fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check that out. Um, so yeah, so that that's, that's really cool. Um, interesting fact that for various different reasons that I'd never actually met them until I was in my teens so it's been an interesting journey building up relationship with my siblings from my late teens um we always knew of each other but we just never had met um so that's an interesting fact that not many people know um how old the listeners do pardon and how our listeners now the world does Uh, I think (laughs) my my family wouldn't mind me sharing that so um yeah so no, it's all good. Love, love my my siblings to bits. Love the kids. Uh, you know, my nieces and nephews to bits. It's mad how how quickly they grow up. Yeah. And um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. As long as they feel young, then it keeps me from getting old. So um, <laughs> I cop that from TD Jakes. I like that one. So I had to use that. I've been waiting to drop that line. Um, Shout out to TD Jakes. Yeah. Big up yourself, sir. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of like the family side in there. On mum's side, mum's uh, one of... Hold on. <laughs> uh, for the listener size, is counting on his fingers? Four? Yeah. No, five. I think five. I can't remember. It's late. Um, <laughs> uh, siblings. Um, so lots of cousins. More than I can count. There must be at least somewhere between 15 or 20 of, you know, first cousins on mum's side. Wow. Um, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere between 10 and 20. I can't remember. A bit fuzzy. And obviously now that we're older, you know, having kids... They're having kids. I haven't got any kids. May I just put that out there? <laughs> so, when did you have a kid? No, no. Let me just shut that one down. <laughs> so, 
um, yeah, so big family on on mum's side. Um, dad's side as well is is big um, and vastly spread out um, as well. Maybe not as big as mum's, but still relatively big. So my dad has had two elder brothers. Um, no, my uncle Lloyd was younger, but uncle Lloyd's no longer with us. He passed three years ago, rest in peace. Um, and then we had uh, um, obviously my uncle Brian as well. So. Um, yeah, and a few cousins on that side as well. So quite large. Yeah. So, yeah, that wasn't that brief, so my bad. No, that's cool. Um and it you know, you said a lot about, about your family. Like what does what does family mean to you? It's a big question. Yeah, it is. Um I get the impression it means a lot. It does mean a lot because family and family that are for you. I'd say that I've fallen out of anybody, but actually I appreciate people in families that don't have family that they could say that's rooting for them and on their on their side. So I'm, I'm referring to biological family. So let me start there first. So for me, yeah, family is everything um, because they're not impressed with who you are. This is like, or you portray yourself to be, they've seen you from in your nappy. They've seen you in your toddler's snot down your nose. <laughs> And they've seen you in your teens and how you mature into the adult you are today. And you go through ups and downs. Um, in one of my cover photos on one of my social media pages, um, have a quote on family. And it says, you know, you know, we have fun together. We eat together. We laugh together. We fall out together. Um, but at the end of the day, we're family or something like that. Um, and that kind of sums it up. The you know, your family are your first group of people that should be your ride or dies, you know, they're, they're, they're with you all the way. Um, so family and maintaining that connection as well, and, and also acknowledging these are people that have invested in you is really important. Mm. Um, and part of that is is doing your part too to make sure that investment continues in the next generation of family coming up um, but also contributing not just in the next generation but now as you become older and as you learn more kind of you know each one teach one not to say it's about teaching but just contribute in a certain way support laugh have fun whatever that is it's so important quality time with family means means so much so yeah from a biological your immediate family that means a lot but also the family then you can choose you know mm. friends are important but friendships that are really meaningful and go deep and again you've been through some stuff some ups and downs some side to sides um <laughs> you know those kind of friends again ride or dies yeah um that are with you some of those can be long lasting some of those can be for a season may I still could have quality friendship for as long as they will you know that friendship was intact yeah um but they're just as valid and as important in my opinion um as your biological family and so i've got loads of people that i would consider as my family but in terms of you know biological dna wouldn't prove that but blood wouldn't make us any closer so um yeah yeah all both important to me and friends that could be from school friends could be from fam general family friendships church there's a lot in that 
um, you know, general, you know, ride or die friendships from church as well, who doesn't matter where we are, doesn't matter how often we may speak, we might not speak often, but when we do, it's just like old times, you know, I love the quote that um, sometimes it's not about the people you, you spend time with most, time with most, but it's the people who you enjoy spending time with most, mm. if that makes sense. I think I said that right. Yeah. So it's not about how much time you spend with a person that matters. It's it's the the quality of the people you spend time with is what I'm saying. So yeah. and there are people that I may not get to see all the time, but I really value their time and the fun that we have. Yeah. And the same with family when we do hang out it's just so much fun or it's so encouraging or life-giving to me um and i just feed off that you know it gives gives me energy um to move forward and i hope i am to them too so yeah cool amazing um and you said at the very start that um sort of faith is a really significant part of who you are yeah how does your family factor into um your faith it's interesting so my um I came to church through mum um, in the sense that once we moved back to Northampton um, shortly after that my mum reconnected um, with my now god well, my, yeah, my godmother um, close close friends uh, from way way back from school and started going to church again and uh, yeah you know as a toddler where else are you gonna go? So if you, that's where your mum's going, that's where you're going. So boom, case closed. So went into church. Mum found faith and 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 found the Lord through that, and got baptised shortly a few years after. I can't remember the details. Maybe a year or so after, um, and then a, several years after, maybe two or three years. I can't remember. I think it was two years. Then I took the decision of faith as a as a youngster. Um, so I was still quite young myself when I made that decision, but I was quite adamant and clear that that's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. Um, and when they knew that and I could articulate the best I could at that time and at that age point in my life, um, after some deliberation and they hmm. they did hold back, hold back on it, I, I did that myself. Yeah. Um, so that's a real kind of, short story of of why I did that but you know that was really important at the time I was getting bullied I remember being what as well and just the amount of life and hope that I found from uh from the Christianity um from Jesus and from being amongst church people in the community atmosphere meant a lot to me and it made me want to discover Jesus for myself um and it was like well the promise of eternity with him in heaven sounds really good so actually if, if that's what I need to do that to make sure that this is a lifetime with him and a lifetime without him and all the benefits that come with that that's talked about in the bible then I'm I'm all game for that sign me up Scotty <laughs> do you know what I mean amazing it's funny isn't it how yeah. sort of the experiences we go through can kind of catalyze like our yeah our reliance on God which is I just think incredible that I think it's incredible when people find him in times of peace and tranquility and but I just think it's so much more so much more a testament of how good God is when he meets us 
at the times we really need yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. It is. That's it cool. Is. God is good. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about young Silas. Young Silas. What age so, Age frame we talking? Well, so the point at which you remember having dreams and passions not I don't mean dreams as in when you were sleeping but I mean like mm-hmm. things you wanted to do with your life like so tell me about what 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 inspired you growing up like what 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 was it you were looking to to be like this is what I want to do in my life this is what I'm excited about this is where I want to go this is who I want to be yeah. well actually well let me start as a kid then because for first I wanted to be a pilot <laughs> then I wanted to be a bus driver I thought taking the bus was not, was an actual event. I used to collect, this sounds really sad, but you know, I used to collect bus tickets, had a wallet and I would keep them and I'd collect all the different tickets and I'd get excited when stagecoach would bring out a different version of bus ticket. <laughs> Cause I'm like, oh, this is great. I did outgrow that. It was just a phase. But- um, you were 25, right? <laughs> nah, I only keep it for the 199 McDonald's vouchers. <laughs> you get me. Because you know what I'm saying? If you're on the road or you're traveling and you need a quick bite, yeah, McDonald's one ninety nine. It's staying within my financial lane, and you know it gives me sustenance to do what I got to do. So I give God all the thanks and praise. So keep it moving. Um, yeah, where was I? Bus tickets. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, I wanted to be a pilot. Then I wanted to be a bus driver, and then I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then probably around my early teens, when I decided I wanted to go to uni, and I think around time like Dragons Den, or may have been around then, or the apprentice I can't remember exactly you know I wanted to be a businessman or work in a company didn't want to be a lawyer that seemed like stress but um yeah I wanted to be a businessman I wanted to make money you know just the, the bottom line yeah successful, successful business make money um help my family buy mum a house car mum don't have to worry about nothing yeah um like don't worry I got you that kind of thing um so, yeah. Were there any people that kind of inspired those um, career options? Hmm. I mean, and I mean both like celebrities and family. Like celebrities, well, actually, and also let me chuck in there from a sports point of view. I mean, every sport fan and particularly football fan wanted to be dreamt of being a professional. And about eight or nine, I'd started my first steps into youth football. Um, first started off with Williston Vicks. Big up any Williston Vicks listeners or those that remember those times with me there were some quality times I was top goal scorer that season my one and only time um, but <laughs> I'll take it um, yeah so that was a lot of fun and so from there getting in taking my sports far more seriously into football I wanted to be a footballer I'd not long supported Arsenal because my first church pastor and that and his whole family were were Arsenal fans and they got me into watching football and I was playing it more outside, you know, the bl- bl- block where I lived and on the little green, like running home to play like knockout or World Cup, same <laughs> thing, depending on which part of the country you're in, you call it different things. Um, <laughs> yeah, so footballer was definitely up in the mix. So that was to your dad's disgust that you were an Arsenal fan? Yeah, because he's, he's a Spurs fan. He's a Spurs fan. Spurs fan so when he found out, I just remember like, just despairing, like, no. <laughs> No, you know, I'm Tottenham, right? And we're rivals. And I didn't really know as much about football then, but that was quite funny. <laughs> but then in 2001, quick fun fact, um, my dad took me to my first football game and he took us to White Hart Lane to watch Spurs Arsenal. 
And so my thing was, like, I was hoping that he was going to get tickets. So you know where they're, like, there's a separation of the home fans and in the away section. Yeah. That I would sit almost opposite. I'd sit on the Arsenal last seat of the se- Arsenal <laughs> section. He would sit in the first seat of the Spurs section. Didn't work out that way. I was sitting in the Spurs end. So yeah. You didn't and, get to wear your shirt then? No, I did wear my did. shirt. I did wear my shirt, but I had a nice little... Um, leather puffer jacket so that was zipped up fully <laughs> I can and imagine. i had a, my white feeler because you wanted to leave alive yeah feel, yeah captain he was serious he gave me the, the rundown several times before like look you you know you behave if arsenal win because arsenal are doing better than spurs now no times have reversed at this point but you know arsenal were doing bits back then and so um yeah, so he was like, look, when you're in, sitting in the Spurs, if Arsenal score, they win, you don't celebrate, you keep quiet, look, it's important, don't mess about on the train, I'm serious, like, get back alive, like, safe, sound. Obviously, mum was happy, but she was also worried, like, I think my mum said to my dad when he left, like, you know, bring back my son safe, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not it's not a ramping thing, it's, it's a serious business as far as my mum was concerned, and my dad too, so that was good. Arsenal scored first, the final score was 1-1, but Arsenal scored first, and so... It just gave me the look like don't even celebrate so i did like a a little discreet you know the tennis times in, in, in tim henman days of wimbledon when he would do really well you do that little <clears throat> come on a little tiny, so, fist a tiny fist bump but people wouldn't even notice but then at the end of the game i proudly because my dad was there with the spurs fan and having a bit of banter i pulled down and goes you know, this is my son, great. And they asked me a Spurs fan. I went, nope, I'm an Arsenal fan. I went, pulled down and showed off my Arsenal shirt. That's the one time I could get away with it. And they all just despaired and laughed together. But then I had to zip that open, open to uh, catch the cheap home. So, yeah. So, slight detour there. But yeah, um, I wanted to be a sport, a professional sports athlete. Um, didn't work out that way. Um, but Thierry Henry was, was my hero as a as a kid growing up um from a business sense i love the way alan sugar done handled his business and some of the cool customers on the dragon's den um like theopithetus um duncan bannertine was funny i didn't want to be like him but he was funny and i respected what he did with his gyms and all that um all of them really so yeah so no cool okay so that kind of probably actually in, for people who have listened to last week's university one, yeah, it's probably quite uh, insightful into how you end up doing what you're doing, in a way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That kind of ties in. Yeah, really yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. Because that kind of passion, I guess, sort of carried through. Yeah. I think, like you say, a lot of people when they're younger uh, aspire in the things they're doing, like sports. Yeah, I yeah. remember when I used to play football. Like I was, remember there being times where I'd be like, "Oh, I'd love to be a footballer." Yeah, but it, then different things come along different things happen and yeah, absolutely. plans change and yeah. you end up doing what you're doing now which is we talked about it a little bit but yeah I'm a children and youth worker um, in level 10 church which is based um, in Stanmore and I know we've talked in Winchester briefly before about what that means mm-hmm. and we, especially on the leadership episode which is currently our most listened to episode oh really yeah What's currently the- as a stat stand oh cool um and it's the one we've received most feedback for. Yeah, that's true. Um, but how does how did you how did you end up 
<laughs> like I know we briefly said that you know you were you volun you were doing it voluntarily and yeah. it was sort of recognised that you you were you were doing that and the effort you were putting in etc sort of paid off in a, in a way that led to a a position well not sorry it didn't lead to a position but there was like a, a you were walking in that in that role in a way yeah um, in that you were passionate yeah but how did that end up being how did it all work going out? from being a, a you know a studying business and sports yeah because you weren't even a graduate. No, so, so <laughs> that's funny. So let me just take it back a couple of notches. So okay. I, I did, you know, secondary school, um, did my A-levels in a sixth form attached to school. And then I took a year out before I went to uni. Um, and that was because uh, the head teacher at my school, Weaver School, um, offered me a job. He goes, I want this, I don't want him. Really? Yeah. So Doing what? So I, I took a year out and I... I worked as a community officer slash student mentor slash unqualified teacher for a year. <laughs> really? Getting paid wow. all right money. Yeah, I did full not time know wage. That. Yeah. I did not so know that. For 27 and a half hours a week, I was earning nice money. <laughs> Put it this way plus, plus, oh no, I won't even say it right. But yeah, no. More than 10k, put it that way. Oh, wow. So, nice. for a younger, nice. for a seven, how old was I? 18 year old, um, it's a big deal. Um, and that was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, that involved mentoring. So, I mentored uh, various different students, but mainly those may, that had many behavioral challenges or considered at risk. Um, young people and so I did about maybe 20 over the course of the year and that was an offshoot and a lot of this wasn't it didn't just happen I, I was head boy before along with some of my friends and I that were involved that were prefects we took it upon ourselves to mentor other kids in the school anyway um, and it just kind of snowballed one thing after another I remember we had an Ofsted inspection and I was kind of one of the chief students that lead in HMI and, and Ofsted inspectors around the school and I personally they kind of reached out with me for good feedback and yeah so when the, the school senior leadership team approached me they were like I remember them calling me into the office and I was like what is going on like I haven't done anything I don't think I have and the first thing they said don't worry you're not in trouble I was like good because I don't need this stress right now and then I was just blown away um when they're given this opportunity so I'd done that for a year I deferred my place at uni for a year and then I came to Winchester and then I studied um for two years full-time um at the old rates as I talked about in the old episodes student rates uh and then after that because I studied business management and sports management I always had a plan that it was two years then I went to take a gap year um to work in a company get some networks and contacts together and then uh, from that hopefully that might lead to a job opportunity that will get me into a company and start my post-uni trajectory um yeah so that was year three covered and then come back to my final year in year four so that was my plan and I had that set from a, a very long time um which was cool uh but after two years and going through a uh, placement, I actually wanted to 
my dream job I think at the time was service operations management or internship job at Siemens and I was gutted when I didn't get past stage two of the I think it was the aptitude test at yeah um it's very I was distraught um but it was fine it, it built my character um so yeah I, I must have put like 40 applications that year working with the um employment student employment team at the uni um big up Stella McKnight in particular she was she was just great such a great support to me in, in pursuing that um and there was a bit of drama with that because the university didn't I couldn't do it and still claim student um as a student if that makes sense um on a student pathway because my course pathway wasn't the pathway that meant I could take a third year out to do a placement as and still be classified a student so if I was to do it I would have to like defer a year then go out into the world of work and then come back and be a student okay yeah so there was a lot of politics going on there basically I tried to fight registry got the dean on my side and all that stuff but you know long story short they weren't having it um so yeah um and then I thought I I oh gosh I haven't even mentioned the Olympics so in London 2012 I volunteered volunteered there um in the Paralympics sorry and um that was such a well as everyone would have seen on tv and probably experienced from being events just wonderful just an amazing experience I got to go to Downing Street as a result meet the prime minister which was David Cameron at the time big up David Cameron yeah yeah um <laughs> I knew you'd get that in. um see what the, get a tour of Downing Street nice. big up volunteering yeah all that stuff oh. and that was just because of you know trying to do things well be humble do things well and it's not me blowing my own trumpet but for those that have listened to the leadership podcast maybe some of the things that I've experienced in my short time I know it works based on what I've seen happen in my life so if that's to encourage somebody so anyway from there I networked and made some contacts and I told them that I wanted to do a placement after my second year and so long story short I stayed in touch and friends and put me in touch with the HR director of the whole of London 2012 who had set up her own uh, consultancy company wow. Tomlin and Cum uh, her name was Jean Tomlin so yeah big up Jean if you're listening to this thank <laughs> you so much for the opportunity and yeah. o- Oliver Sweeting and a few others yeah yeah they were just great to me um, during the time but anyway it I did some unpaid work experience there and it looked like it was going to be a, a full-time uh, internship and then it fell through um, really? yeah it fell through because they lost a the contract Wow! so in the space of a week boom uh, that was it I was being told to pack up your bags and hand back all the equipment because I was work- I was doing a I was a HR assistant working at home so doing a whole range of tasks whether that be transcribe interviews for clients that they're working on a change management consultancy project or um, book reservations and tickets for event email clients for this a whole range of stuff yeah that really did teach me on a different level of corporate grind yeah and then you eventually get 
here and I, and I yeah and then I come come here so at the time so while this was going on I was still based in Winchester and I was in the church um which I'd chosen as my university church whilst I was studying um I'd elected to get involved in the youth group when there was a shout out for volunteers um and yeah so I was involved in it with the team um then the church bought the new building that is currently in Stanmore um and they asked well we need a new youth worker but they thought I was out of the game because I pretty much said that I'm here to get an internship and I'd said to the trajectory so I wasn't on their radar but then mm. once that had cancelled um Pastor Paul who was uh, the leader at senior leader at the time um asked for to meet me for a coffee and so I told him what had happened he was like oh dude I didn't realise all this was why didn't you say I was like well it's just happened in the last like week <laughs> um, and so well, he said well you know a few months ago we were talking about you know potentially employing someone we still are looking for somebody and would you be interested um, I was like mm, oh, I've got nothing else to lose so whatever <laughs> I, so, love that. I love that <laughs> yeah but Not that's where I was but yeah, I was yeah. part of me was so tired from the amount of time I'd given in this search for internship that I was exhausted so and drained from it and then so I went on this exchange program which basically well, no we did work out there we had to do presentations in America and to this um, Eastern Illinois University which was on an ex a short term exchange program um, but it was like a, it was just like a holiday and I needed it uh, and it was so much fun so long story short I they said go and think about it on a holiday you know went through the particulars of the details this is what we're offering have a holiday have a pray see what you want to do say cool come back told them no <laughs> um, because because you're trying to get more money well, it, it wasn't enough that I, I could actually live. So well, I could, joke, but... No, but it was true. It was actually true, like, uh, because a lot of things were going to have to change. So, for instance, we thought we could get... I was able to be able to access tax credits um, whilst doing that. But they said because I was studying, there was a whole other le level of complications. Oh, wow. Then um, I wouldn't be able to... If I was working that amount of hours, I wouldn't be able to claim a living allowance from the university student loans. I could only pay for tuition if I went part-time studying and part-time working for the church. Um, so I, I did the number several times and it just didn't make sense. And this is me budgeting reasonably, you know, budgeting to even below the line. I can work with that. Just baked beans every day. You know what I mean? And I, I still, it still wasn't enough. So I said, look, I, I don't feel comfortable that I can do this job and be worse off in terms of just being able to eat clothes them all right got a rent in the house but if I can't pay in basic weight and eat then we've got a problem so yeah. I said no and they went whoa, whoa, whoa give us a week so I gave you know Pastor Paul and the church a week and after that they came back to me and said you know all these problems you have we're able to support this um we we're able maybe to provide you a, a little living allowance to just bump up that yeah. you're able to live as well amazing um and so then it was able it was all tick but in the meantime of while they were sorting that out i had some real 
I was just in a bad place because I was tired of this whole internship searching for a job process. So yeah. I kind of, I prayed in frustration and was like, oh, you know what, Lord, if you want me to do this and you fix it. And I remember doing it. I mean, I was shouting as much as enough to levels enough that wouldn't disturb my housemates who were not Christians. So it would just be a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So yeah, fast forward. To all the boxes got ticks and just said we were able to do this and this and this and can accommodate you here and there so then I had to go back to the uni and I'll put this proposal that I found something would they then sign me off to become a part-time student now that was a huge risk for the uni because if you took it from an academic point of view yes they want me to get a degree but you know I'm on for a high 2-1 first so it's a bit risky to be studying Tenji drop yeah, a student, as a, a student drop their grade. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just to get Effective a little stats. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I never so thought they, about that before. Yeah. Actually. So mm. going to the union and to sign me off in that year, and they wanted generally wanted me to do well. So they're thinking, well, it's not something we usually say yes to. Okay. In fact, we wouldn't say yes to to most students, but because we know you work hard, yeah, and we know, we've been through with this through with the process both the sports uh, department of sports and, and exercise and uh, the business school signed off uh, and agreed for me to change my status from a full-time student to a part-time wow. student so then I could then study in the yeah. church. And so that's the story, but I, I have to explain it in the context. I know wow. I spent a lot of time on that because it didn't just happen. Yeah. So it happened in a very roundabout way. That's but amazing. God works in the 11th hour, ladies and gents. <laughs> so, he does, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's how intense. I that's how I started, and then but later on I came to notice that a good friend of mine, Emmy, had also almost recommended me to the leadership because I wasn't the first choice; she was. Um, so that was quite, yeah, at the time, yeah, in the in around August September, she felt that she couldn't do it for a while of time. I don't really want to speak for her on that, but what she'd done is it said you might want to consider me. And I hadn't known that. So it's just like all the oh, cars wow. just fell into place at the yeah. right time. So, yeah. And then so how do you think, so focusing on, on that time, or sorry, yeah. this, this time. Right. What, what, do you, what do you think, what would you want people to know about you that's, that's, that's been impacted or changed or grown from the experience of being the children and youth worker for the church? Um, that whole experience of just getting that, that role working through that role i've had to learn empathy and learn that a plus b doesn't always equal c in the sense of appreciate that life has twists and turns um you know life is not always going to be strewing dumplings all the time but you know roll with it roll with the punches roll with you know the curveballs roll with it might not work out the way you expected but god can still work it out for your good um so learning that has been a quite humbling process um, because I like to be in control of where I'm going. I'm thinking, well, if I do things right and do things proper and do my due diligence, then I'm going to be there or thereabouts with where I want to be. So, um, yeah, but learning that actually this was part of elements of my life or my recent life for these last few years, I've had to trust God that he will sort out this job. He will sort... Um, work out things with the university get me through university get through some sticky and and tough times um with family through that 
you know, um, yeah, it's just learned that, you know, life doesn't, life is not um, so linear, you know, mm. there might be twists, turns, circles, triangles, squares, oblongs, whatever. <laughs> and you, sometimes you've got to roll with that sometimes, but not only just roll with it, also, whereas I would also be focused on the destination, yes, that's important, but also be, and I'm still learning it today, be also appreciate the journey and my family and my close friends have always tried to encourage me to look at appreciating the journey and who you become on that journey and so I am most proud of who I've become through the journey and some of those experiences some of those humbling experiences um, but I know I'm a better person today for it so personally that's what I the main things that I've learned from a personal point of view um, maybe from the job point of view met people from all different walks of life you know I wouldn't say I, I had prior employed experience of working in a church so learning that kind of all on the fly um, in, in effectively what you felt like a church plant in, in moving from the city centre into a church the church was probably a church of when the uh, 90 maybe at the time 80, 90 something like that so yeah, that's been great. Having to build connections in the community, work within the schools, you know, run youth groups, run, you know, work with different people, different backgrounds. You know, as I said, people will develop you. And so learning that has all been a process as well that I'm proud of. Um, and I've got a lot for it. And again, I'm a better person for it. Yeah. And I hope I've been helped to contribute to the community because the whole ethos behind the church is, is that we want to help the local community and be a blessing to the community around us yeah. um, in the same way that God blessed our life and our immediate community with his presence. Why can't we take that and bless other people? Um, and that's kind of the, the ethos. So we want to, you know, let Stanmore know that we love them, we care for them, and we want the best for them. You know, so go and do that. Yeah. So yeah, Amazing. that's been a that's Amazing. the journey. That's great. So, my final question. Sure. What do you see ahead? Huh. <laughs> the big one. Or well, not say what do you see? What, what what do you what do you hope and what do you see for the uh, ahead? I think I will venture into business at some point. Uh, that doesn't mean what kind of so what do you mean by business I'd love to start my own business at one point that's you're point. part of this podcast that is well that is a business <laughs> and in fact that is a step out in that because it's something that is completely different something that was totally not on my radar it might have been on yours but we'll come to that when I interview you but it was not on my radar it's not something that I wanted to do I just knew that by the time I was hitting my 30s, I would love to have set up my own business and be doing that um, and be involved in it. Um, I always said to my mum when I was 14, I think it was then that Aston Martin DB9 came out. I said, one day, mum, I'll be able to own one of those. I'll be driving one of that. It was almost like at the time in my limited understanding, like tell mum I've made it. You know what I mean? I will drive. And she laughed, but I was deadly serious about it. In some respects, I am, but maybe the selfish part of that, of just make money for me and immediate family, was quite narrow. And um, 
yeah, my perspective on that has changed. But the idea of that actually, why not be successful in career business element? That's what I wanted to do. That's that's kind of why I came to Winchester, to be totally honest. And um, if I can do it helping others too, great. But it wasn't my the the immediate plan. So I would like to do that. Yeah. Um, and see what happens. This podcast has been great because it's doing something that's just completely different, quite therapeutic. Um. Yeah. Uh, you never know. In the future, you know, I'm still, still Silas. Maybe in the future, you know, maybe I'll I'll have settled down. Okay, still single, ladies. Still single. Yeah, just yeah, a, yeah. For any of our listeners out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's no crazies. No crazies. Yeah, come correct. You understand? <laughs> if you want to stand the test of time with me. And that's just not even me. That's just with family. Because, you know what I mean? If you're not about your business, <laughs> they'll pray you right out. Yeah. You know? And funny enough, we was joking about it from family this week. Because so. <laughs> you know when you hit mid, mid-20s and, you know, like, parents and, and, and family members and they'll be like, so, kids on the cards? <laughs> so, you married yet? What's going on? Sort yourself out. At this age, I was doing this, this and this. And I'm like, yeah. So, I'm at that age yeah, now, yeah, folks. So, yeah. Um, that's cool though. it's interesting but you know we'll exciting see what happens time. I don't want to force it but we'll see what happens an exciting time yeah cool we'll leave it at that amazing great well thank you Silas no um, worries thanks and yeah we'll be back shortly with uh, 5.2 boom <laughs>